the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Second hour of Pure Opelka as we are monitoring everything going on overseas. The president was earlier speaking in Poland. He has now arrived in Germany in Hamburg meeting with Angela Merkel. And we will get you uh, whatever news we can. Right now, nothing we can tell you other than they are meeting. And there are protests as, <laughs> as of course, you expect there to be protests. Did anybody see the zombie protests? Now, actually, I can get behind the zombie protest because it was nonviolent. It was free speech, beautifully done. It was a bunch of people. I think there were about 900 of them dressed in all white, made up their faces, and they kind of did the zombie shuffle, much like uh, the, the, the zombie shuffle we saw in Night of the Living Dead, the first one, the best one, the George Romero one. And then at some point, these zombies who are supposed to be in their zombie state because they are disengaged from the political dialogue, they shed their crusty white clothes and they become engaged and people. It's almost like the velveteen rabbit who realizes that they can be real once they are loved. If the zombies realize they are loved, they will shed their zombie. I mean, it's just today's show is totally off the rails, and we still have two hours to go. At uh, the bottom of the hour, of course, the breaking news update from the Puro Pelka newsroom. Whatever happened to Michael Jackson's monkey? Yes, I know he's a chimpanzee, but it's fun to say Michael Jackson's monkey. It's much better for radio. We'll get to that. And uh, basically, the news on the Michael Jackson monkey is coming out of Miami. So that's it's oddly connected to our next guest, my friend Gerald Posner, who is an author. Uh, we've been friends forever and ever and ever. But he's still, uh, even though he's as successful as he is, Gerald has maintained our friendship and actually stayed in touch with me over all these years and appeared on this show in its different formations a couple of times. Uh, Gerald, as I said, is an author. You remember the book on Kennedy that I just think is the best one on the Kennedy assassination, Case Closed. It's also in some ridiculous discount sale today, which I knew nothing about when I reached out to Gerald. Um, Gerald has also written books about the Vatican. We talked about God's Banker, God, God's Bankers back in the day. But in 2005, Gerald put out a book called Secrets of the Kingdom, which is, is about the U.S.-Saudi connection. And there's much to discuss about that connection, especially vital and important today when we have a president who made his first international visit kick off in Saudi Arabia. And now there's been some changes, some, some things going on inside Saudi Arabia. So I've enlisted Gerald to join us in the second hour today. Uh, Dr. Posner, welcome back to Pure Opelka, sir. How are you? Uh, great to be with you, Mike. Um, I'm good here, and uh, somehow I'm not surprised that the uh, the monkey Michael Jackson story is out of Miami. It seems that a lot of odd stories come out of Miami these days. 
Yes, there are many odd stories out of Miami. And uh, after I get through with you, I'm going to tell you the details about where you need to go today off air because I I would hope you might be able to get me some snapshots from from the uh, the experience I'm going to share with you. And I don't mean to be um, Mr. Mysterious about this, but, you know, it's it's a silly story. And I want to get to your serious topic at the same time. So it. It's kind of like our relationship over all these decades. It's silly and serious, and you you seem to occupy the serious territory. So, Dr. Posner, in in your in your world, your your knowledge of the Saudi Kingdom, I have to ask you. Uh, there's been some changes lately. A new crown prince. I got a call from a, another friend who's fascinated with Saudi Arabia, who said that. We need to keep our eyes out because Saudi Arabia is probably dealing with everybody and trying to make deals in case World War Three comes out. And his statement was, keep an eye on Russia, China and Saudi Arabia, because he thinks they would all want to link up if there is a conflict over North Korea. Is any of this make sense? Well, I'll tell you, what does make sense is Saudi Arabia is going through the most dramatic changes it has in generations um, since I've been looking at it. Very quietly, uh, sort of staying off the front pages. They're on the front pages of some of the British news, but in the U.S., really off the front pages except for uh, President Trump's visit there. And um, those changes, I think, uh, mean that everything is up for play. You said a moment ago, what are they going to do when it comes to things like – uh, siding with China or Russia if North Korea it, it suddenly explodes, they're going to side with, quote-unquote, the winners, to take a, a word from uh, our current president. Um, the Saudis have always tried to do that. They put themselves on the side of the position with the country that they think will be best for their own interests, as every country does. But they're very good at survival. They're looking for an uncertain future. They never liked the fact that we went into Iraq. They told President Bush that at the time they thought it would destabilize the, the Middle East and all their neighborhood, which it did. Um, and so as a result, they're looking for stability, but they're undergoing big changes right now with a very young guy who's coming to power. And it's a question mark as to where he's going to land, I think. And the, the young guy coming to power, you're talking about the new crown prince. Right. The new crown prince, by the way, for everybody, is a fellow called MBS, just by his initials, Mohammed bin Salman, but everybody calls him MBS. He's 31 years old. Uh, he is the first of the major princes to move up in power a this young and never to have been educated outside of the kingdom. All the rest of these Saudi leaders we've dealt with over the years have gone to Oxford, Cambridge or Brown or wherever else. We're accustomed to meeting them. They have some grounding in the Western world. He's a very, very smart guy. He has big homes in Europe, but he, he is educated completely within Saudi Arabia, and he sort of led a revolution inside there. I mean, he's the one who's responsible for their military effort uh, in Yemen, which hasn't gone very well. They thought there would be a quick win against the, the Houthi rebels. They, they're quagmired there a little bit. He's the one who's convinced Washington and the Trump administration to open up a diplomatic offensive against Qatar. He's talked about this ambitious economic and cultural overhaul at home uh, inside of Saudi Arabia, even at one point talking about income taxes, which sent everybody crazy. And he's the one who's leading the effort to make Saudi Aramco, the, the oil company, the biggest IPO in history. 
They're going to sell 5% of Saudi Aramco for $100 billion. The underwriters are J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley. That means that Saudi Aramco will be valued at $2 trillion. We keep talking about $2 trillion. You know, whether Apple or Google is going to be the first trillion-dollar company. The minute Saudi Aramco goes public, it's valued at $2 trillion, and, and $1.9 trillion of that is still owned by the Saudi royals. So you have a 31-year-old coming in to become the crown prince. That's the position that becomes king next. The current king is 81 and his father and is not very active. There's all types of rumors about him being ill. So if we have a 39-year-old president in France with Macron just elected, we have a very young leader up in Canada, we're going to have the head of Saudi Arabia in his early 30s very soon, very ambitious guy with a lot of new ideas. And boy, I'll tell you, that relationship is up for grabs. Well, the interesting point you make here about so, first of all, the the excellent point you make about the fact that Saudi tends to uh, find out which way the bus is going and then run and get on it. In other words, uh, who's ever going to win, then they're going to be their buddy. But the, the other end of this, when you talk about a guy who has been educated only within the kingdom, who really hasn't been one of the Saudis who went out and got westernized, it sure sounds like he has a lot of Western or capitalist influences or instincts. This IPO would certainly be uh, a brilliant move to regenerate the Saudi royal fund and, and recapitalize the economy and, and I guess maybe avoid the income tax thought that he had. Doesn't this sound very Western? Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what's so interesting about MBS and the reason that I find him fascinating is that you tend to think, okay, he doesn't have a Western education and therefore he hasn't spent a lot of time in the West. So he's going to be a real throwback to the old days and the worst part of their most conservative part of their Islamic faith, Wahhabism. But he's not. In fact, he's the guy who is, is really shaking it up. And he realizes that at $50 or less a barrel of oil, that they are no longer as you know able to do everything they wanted to do when oil was double at a hundred dollars a barrel. He's he's the one who's pushing for investments in solar power and alternative power and wind power as well, trying to place Saudi Arabia in a place in the future where they're also making money off of uh, you know enterprises like Tesla as opposed to just sitting on the sidelines and watching everything go down the drain with oil. So uh, I do think that. He has the potential not only to shake it up, but he is inside the kingdom. They have a thing called daggers up or daggers down. You'll like this, Mike, which is daggers up mean they're ready to have a blood fight inside the Saudi royal court. Daggers down means, okay, we can do it peacefully. And there's been a daggers down uh, a sort of what I call coup in the last couple of weeks, which is MBS at 31 comes up to be the crown prince, but not without having to throw some elbows around because the crown prince that he replaced, this 57-year-old fellow who was considered to be the guy who was going to be the next king, is really well regarded. This Mohammed bin Nayef, he's well regarded in the West. Washington, London, they've given him the George Tennant CIA medal. All the intelligence agencies in the West like him. They think of him as very pro-Western. He was going to be the next king. He got pushed aside because... MBS, the 31-year-old son of the king, is on the way up. And there are even rumors reported in the New York Times and in the British press that the old crown prince, the 57-year-old guy, is under house arrest. So there's a a struggle for power, but the clear winner is the new and -and up-and-comer, and as you said, with some very interesting pro-Western ideas. 
This is one to watch. This is one that I want all of us to keep an eye on. It's Saudi Arabia. It's a very young crown prince who's in line to be the king in a, in a nation that we consider friendly for different reasons, not just for oil, but for strategic geography and for helping us deal with some of the other issues in that neighborhood we call the Middle East. Uh, Gerald, before I, I let you go, and we're talking to Gerald Posner, if you recognize the voice, uh, you, you can find his books everywhere. What's the deal on this uh, special one day only? I'll let you get a plug in here. What's the deal on Case Closed today? Oh, uh, I, I get a notice last night from my publisher, Open Road Media, that says tomorrow we're putting your ebook on sale wherever ebooks are sold, from Kobo to Amazon to Google to uh, Barnes and Noble. For two dollars and ninety nine cents for one day only instead of fourteen ninety nine. So, I have no say in that, but I can say great. So, for anybody who wants uh, to get a dose of common sense on a sale price, uh, case closes around today for a fraction of its normal price. A, a fraction? It's cheaper than an extra skim latte mocha, whatever. It's just it's, everything is cheaper it. than an extra latte skim mocha, whatever. Uh, one last thing, uh, uh, just on the Saudis for anybody. Nobody, of course, tapes this or looks at it. But if you go onto YouTube and look at some clips of President Trump's visit to Saudi Arabia and you see him in almost every, if you then see what the young prince looks like, you'll see the young prince everywhere. Uh, when President Trump made that visit, not only was he there with the king and all the hierarchy of the Saudis, but that young prince who is now the second in line to take over, uh, you'll see his picture frequently near President Trump. But he wasn't. He wasn't officially the new crown prince at the time. That's this right. Was... That, that's, that's exactly right. What would be interesting to find out, Mike, and maybe you can because you've got some great contacts there, is whether our intelligence agencies, the intelligence agencies that you know, Donald Trump are off, is often suspect about because of the way that they draw conclusions, and he was about Iraq. Did they have a heads up that this was coming, that there was essentially this silent coup for power, that the young prince was about to throw out the established number two man and put him under house arrest? Did they give Donald Trump a heads up on this? Did he take that trip to Saudi Arabia knowing this was about to happen and therefore everything smooth and hunky dory? Or uh, did he get caught flat footed because nobody in the CIA or NSA knew it was about to happen? I'd love to know that. I will sniff around, but if you hear as well, let me know. Uh, his name is I Gerald will. Posner. Look him up on the, the books area, wherever you get your books. The story that, that we were following today about the Saudi Arabian kingdom and some of the changes that are happening and what it means globally and what it means to us, you can see some of the early work Gerald did in research in Secrets of the Kingdom. It's a 2005 book. But I, I like them. I tag them all, Gerald. I'll touch them all. So <laughs> I, I appreciate Thanks, you. Mike. Now, um, stay tuned. I will share with you the story and where you need to go in Miami. You and the dish need to make a field trip if you're so inclined to uh, find out what's been going on with Michael Jackson's chimp. <laughs> all right. I, I can't believe we just went from a global story about the serious nature of the Saudi kingdom and what it's going to mean to the rest of the world superpowers to Michael Jackson's chimp. But there it is. Uh, we'll, we'll speak again soon, my friend. Take care and hi to Talk the to dish. You. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I told you guys uh, I'm going through this process to find uh, life insurance. I want to make sure everything's covered, everyone's protected, right? So I reached out to our new client, Health IQ. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. If you're looking for life insurance and you want the big companies, the real, you know, the name companies, but you want a better rate and you're conscious of your health and you're trying to stay healthy and maintain a good health footprint, you need to check HealthIQ.com slash blaze. They'll give you a free quote. You answer some questions. You can take a quiz. And they base the rates not just on your age and your gender, but also on how you live. What's your mile time? Do you eat well? Do you take care of yourself? Uh, We were going through it, and I have not used tobacco products for decades. I used to love to have a cigar on the golf course, but no more. And you know why? Because I thought an occasional cigar use wasn't a big deal, but it was to your health IQ. And so years ago, when my employer said, well, even if you smoke a cigar once a week, guess what? We're going to charge you more. And I went, sorry, cigars. I don't need you that much. So just like saving money for being a good driver, health IQ lets you lower rates on life insurance by running your stats and your health-conscious lifestyle through their, their metrics. So check them out. Do what I'm doing. Tomorrow they're coming over to visit to do the final analysis, like the mini physical. And then hopefully I'll have the, the great deal they offered me based on all my information. Check them out. HealthIQ.com. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. Take the test. Make the appointment. Get the right price for your life insurance. We've got more to cover. Uh, Just around the corner, I have a breaking story. Have you wondered? Are you even old enough to remember that Michael Jackson used to have a chimpanzee living with him? A chimp named Bubbles that he took everywhere with him? Well, uh, there's a a new update on Bubbles. And Bubbles... (laughs) I'm just having a hard time keeping a straight face on this. Bubbles is doing something good for his kind. Oh, it's so ridiculous, but yet it's not. And I'm going to uh, hope that uh, Gerald Posner, the author we just spoke to, who happens to live in Miami, I'm hoping that Gerald Posner will be able to witness what I have to share with you. So when we get back, just around the corner... The update on Bubbles, the chimp. Plus, there's some other weird news out there. I don't know what could be weirder than dedicating an entire segment to Michael Jackson's former companion, a chimp. Yeah, we'll get into it next. I'm Piero Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, one of the great things about this program is that we are allowed not to be too serious. We are allowed to have a little fun. We are allowed to flex the host privilege and share stories that interest us with you. And you, likewise, are able to and asked to share stories that interest you because we, we don't catch everything. The story of the, of the Colorado police officer who was missing in Russia and sadly still seems to be miss, missing in Russia came to us from a listener. And we helped at least get the word out on that. That's kind of what radio and this, this crazy radio community is about. It's, it's educating, it's supporting, it's sharing, it's being of service to each other. And so uh, I consider it my job to constantly be on the lookout for stories I think would fascinate, entertain, and interest you. And today I have such a story. I have a story that I actually have a connection to because in my days as a wacky morning radio guy, being part of the biggest radio station in the whole wide world when Z100 in New York had the Z Morning Zoo and uh, Scott Shannon was the zookeeper, I was, I was part of that after my work in music video. And it was during the opening of the Bad Tour with Michael Jackson where I was uh, among a group invited to the opening night of the tour in Kansas City that I came into contact for the first time with Michael Jackson and uh, his constant companion at the time, a chimpanzee named Bubbles. The Bubbles was with Michael all the time. In fact, the hotel where I stayed in Kansas City housed Jackson. Jackson had an entire floor for himself, his family, his entourage, his security, etc. He was the biggest star in the universe at the time. And Bubbles had a room as well. I was on the same floor as Bubbles. Don't ask. Just know that there is a photo somewhere of Michael and Bubbles and myself. I don't have a copy of it. I know someone who does, and I need to get a copy. And so when I read the story that Bubbles was still alive, I thought, well, I didn't, Michael, Michael's gone now. Michael's gone for years now. But Bubbles is still alive. And Bubbles, at the age of, I think, 32, is doing something quite unusual. And to share the story with us and tell a little bit of the story, because it's a good story. It's a story that has an ending that I think you'll say, okay, that's something good. It, uh, it comes out of Miami, Florida, uh, where Adam Brand is the owner of a gallery and a frame shop, Frames USA, an art gallery. It's on Southwest 40th Street in Miami. I'll tweet out a link to it and to this story. Adam, welcome to the program, sir. I'm glad you can make time for us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Now, Adam, how, how in the heck does a gallery owner get involved with Michael Jackson's chimpanzee and what the heck is this about chimps that paint well it's interesting enough um, to find out why chimps are painting and um, and I'll tell you the story 
So the story goes like this. Bubbles is at a facility in Wachula, Florida, called the Center for Great Apes. And he's there with another 60 chimpanzees and orangutans. And part of their enrichment activities over there is to actually paint. And really? I have a frame wait, shop wait, wait, in wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, hang, hang on one second here, Adam. When you say paint, are we talking about they give them a roller and point them at a wall? No, they give them a, a, a they give them paintbrushes, uh, canvases, and uh, non toxic paint. And they actually do they they grasp the concept of painting? Well, uh, interesting enough. Um, so chimpanzees and orangutans, when they're a mature, you know, when they're past a teenager, they have the capacity of a four, about a three or four or five year old. So they like to express themselves, and one of the things that this center has found is is that some of the apes do like to paint, and Bubbles is one of the prolific painters. <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a really different story, and it's hard not to smile and laugh a little bit when you think right. that this, this chimp, who you said he is like 32 now, right? Correct, correct. This 32-year-old chimpanzee, living in this sanctuary in Central Florida with 60 other apes of, of different kinds of age and, and talents, has, ta has taken up painting yes. in, his, well, in his senior years. Right. So, so the story is a little bit... So the story really goes like this. So you have 60 apes there. You have 24 hours in a day. You got to keep the apes busy. You got to have them so they're not lethargic and just sitting around doing things. And naturally, sure. a chimpanzee and an orangutan uh, are curious animals. So one of the things they can do is, is if they're using a paintbrush or their fingers and they're dipping in colors and they're actually putting that, the paint on a canvas, they're very, very intrigued about that because they're taking something from nothing and actually making images of it. Hmm. Yeah. It gets, so even, they, it gets even better than that. Okay. They love some famous, so remember in the old days of Bob Ross from MTV? Remember Absolutely. Remember he would come on the snippets? So most of the apes love watching snippets of Bob Ross as they're painting. So they take the guy from PBS, the guy who had the afro, and he would yes. quietly say, today we're going to paint a forest. Correct. And he, he'd make his little brush marks and he'd paint the fir trees. And they, they show the apes... Bob Ross clips as their painting. Correct. That's I. So I hope someone is covering this in terms of making. Uh, someone's got to make a documentary about this. Well, um, so um, at the end of the um, the end of the show, I'll give you the link for the Center for Great Apes, and um, or someone can go, just Google them, and you can see uh, uh, and learn all about the center and what they do over there. Okay, but. Um, I will say this is, okay, so before you say, like, you know, we've had reporters all week um, asking us, can we see what the art looks like? You know, I, I've been telling people is, imagine this. Uh, chimpanzees and orangutans, they do have the mental capacity of a four- or five-year-old. So we have to go to the days of when you were in nursery school. What does a three- or four-year-old paint? And that's what you're seeing come out of the, the orangutans and the chimpanzees. Okay. You can put whatever you want on there to show but they just love being creative and that's what this is this is transferring color to a canvas 
And much, as you said, much like a three or four or five-year-old, that's Mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're taking a brush and dipping it in a color and putting that bright color on a canvas. And that's that's what makes them happier and or keeps them busy. Correct. And now you're going to have an exhibit of the paintings and a sale of the artwork? That is correct. So um, on Friday, July 21st, from 6 to 10, my gallery will be the first gallery probably in the world to put over 61 different chimpanzees and orangutans, their paintings on exhibit. And the money raised from this is going to go to the Great Ape Center, which is having a a big campaign right now to increase the size of it uh, to hold more abandoned or abused chimpanzees and orangutans. Well, you certainly can't find fault in the mission here, and you can't criticize what they're trying to do here, and that is to to take care of these animals. Either they've been abandoned, as you say, or abused, and now they have a center where they Correct. can be protected. So I, I'm fascinated by it, and it's it has to be one of the more unusual charities I've seen. Uh, just so everybody wonders... Everyone who wonders, the Center for Great Apes is a 501c3. So this is a legitimate charity. And the money raised by the sale at Frames USA in, in Miami uh, will be going to support the, the end-of-life care, I guess, the rest of the retirement care of uh, Bubbles and some 60 other great apes Correct. who are there. So, uh, wh- wow, what a fascinating story, Adam. Yeah, now, let me tell you some of the, let me, I'll tell you some of the other chimpanzees of the, okay. that are there. So you oh, have, wait, there's, um, wait, there are other famous chimps among the, oh, the painters? Are. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is, um, from, um, there's, uh, you have um, Poppy, which is Tony Danza's um, in the film Going Ape. Remember the orangutan in the early 1980s movie? I have, I have to admit, yes, I do remember Tony Danza okay. making so a movie Poppy, with a chip. He, he, he's, he's, um, he's a great painter there, and uh, he, he's, he's one of the stars there, too. You have um, NBC had a soap opera called Passions. Oh, yeah. There's an orangutan there called Bam Bam, and um, she's an amazing painter, and um, she's, she's just, she really takes the canvas by the, by the paint, and she just goes ape on it and then you have um when uh mark Wahlberg um from the planet of the apes the opening scene when the chimpanzee went into outer space there was actually two chimpanzees who filmed that and they were twins and they're um they're called jonah and jacob and they love to paint too so those are some of the stars that will be here so these are actual celebrity chimps orangutans apes and you've got artwork from all of them. I am, I'm going to post this on theblaze.com. This is uh, happening at Frames USA, an art gallery in Miami. And the guy who's putting it together to benefit and help the Center for Great Apes is the gallery owner, Adam Brand. Adam, I so appreciate your spending time explaining this to us. To me, you know, it, it started out as a goofy story. It's a wonderful, fascinating story with a with a good cause to it. So I, I applaud you for making this happen, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll, I'll say one other thing really quickly about it. So as an art gallery, you know, there's no discrimination of who we put here on our walls. And the story of putting apes on our walls has definitely been our most creative after 25 years of trying to have all the emerging artists from South Florida here 
But this is something that now we're taking, you know, apes that paint and really going with it. And the cause is probably one of the best causes we've ever done to help raise money here. I, I love the story. It's, it's a story that on a day that's full of serious stories that make us all a little crazy, this is a beautiful distraction. So I so yeah. appreciate it. And uh, we, we'll be giving it more love on theblaze.com. But thank you very much, Adam Brand. Thank, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I have to tell you, uh, I've been in this business a long time and I never thought I would be talking seriously. And I do mean seriously with uh, an art gallery owner about paintings done by celebrity chimps. Not just Michael Jackson's chimp, but... um, by by Tony Danza's co-star chimp, or was it Scott Bale? I forgot what he said. And by the chimp that appeared on an NBC soap opera, Bam Bam, apparently a, a good painter. But I, I, I just thought Michael Jackson walking around the world with his own chimp was was strange enough. I didn't anticipate it could get weirder. And speaking of weird, uh, next hour, our friend from Denver, Angie Austin, is uh, is going to uh, join us and and talk about some of the weird stories she's seen. I don't know if she can top this one. I seriously don't know if there's a, a way for Angie to get past it. And I'm still working on on finding this clip, which I think. I think really is out there. Uh, there's some fake news. I believe, I believe CNN was spreading a story that is incorrect. I'll, I'll share it with you when we get there. Uh, a couple of other bizarre stories. This one I find difficult to believe. Uh, Tuesday night, a new Guinness record was set. And, you know, Guinness records, uh, they, they seem to be getting sillier and sillier these days. It used to be Guinness Records was, you know, something something really uh, worth recording, like somebody who could balance 37 plates on their head and walk across the street. Well, a, a thousand people in Aurora, Illinois, banged their heads to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody on Tuesday. They were honoring the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World. This This was an event held locally. Because I believe Wayne's World was was held the uh, the public access television show featured in the movie was happening in the Chicago suburb of Aurora, Illinois, and so the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World. Can you believe 25 years ago? But they had a thousand people basically doing the head shake, the head banging to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. And they set a a world record. They're going to get a citation for this, for setting a world record to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, The previous record 
was held in Australia. And this seems kind of bizarre that it was this week. Somebody actually got a record for 320 people headbanging to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. That seems a little lame, if you ask me. If you're going to get a world record, there's got to be at least a thousand people involved for a crowd. Seriously. We'll be right back with the third hour and even more insane news. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.